Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Jessica Weaver, mom, entrepreneur, and owner of two businesses. There's Pink Fix Productions, which is a marketing, branding, publishing, and media business. And the other is the Woman's Wealth Boutique, which is the fastest growing woman's owned financial firm in the U.S., well, that's fantastic. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, look, can you expand a bit more on you know, where are you today with your businesses and uh, who do you love to work with? Oh, my goodness. So we have just celebrated our one year anniversary at the Women's Wealth Boutique. Woo-hoo. I left my father's financial firm last year to carve out our own space for female advisors in the industry. We only make up 18% of all financial advisors. And that number hasn't changed in 20 years. So part of my mission here, I know this from God, I am here to change the industry for women, women advisors, clients, investors, just get more women engaged with their money. Because we know what happens when we get engaged, we get control, we get independence, we get security, stability, all that good stuff with it. And with that, we also have our Pink Fix Productions side of the business, which I've written three best-selling books. We are now going to be publishing our advisors' books, partnering with other women professionals as well. We have our magazine that comes out every year, our events, our podcast, Women Behind the Millions, which is now going to be a TV show on Transform Your Life Network that's launching next month. So we have a lot of a lot of There's change a lot going on, last right? year, Mike. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. It's been terrifying, exciting. Um, it's a whole lot of emotions. It's been a roller coaster, but oh. so great to be here. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about that because that is what we cover on this show. It's all about what is it like as the business owner from the startup through to the exiting CEO who's actually got that full financial freedom um, mm-hmm. and crumbs. It is. It is a journey and there are so many different sort of points in this journey. So it sounds like you're you're early on within this journey, hitting that year, which is like fantastic. But it's exciting, it's frustrating, it's energizing, it's all the things. What was it like for you? Because let's hit these little milestones. You left your your father's firm to be like, yes, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm, I'm going my own way, which is part of the empowering story, I guess, of the um, of changing this 18%. Absolutely. What was it like for you? How were you able to make that step? Or what or what almost held you back? 
So I joined my father's firm in 2010. It was me and my brother joined at the same time and all male advisors besides me. And very quickly, I did not feel like I fit in. I had a lot of big ideas, a lot of, um, a lot of drive and ambition of how I wanted to change the dynamic with women, with money. And I think I did what most people do. I fell into this role, this kind of box format of what I should be doing, what was expected of me. And I lost a lot of that ambition, a lot of those dreams mm -hmm. and goals. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror one day and I just don't even recognize myself. I don't like my work. I don't like what I'm doing, but I'm going to break my father's heart. <laughs> I like maybe an advisor isn't for me, but again, I'm, this is his dream. So what am I going to do? So I took a stance and I, I hired my first coach and we started, I found, I do love working with women. So why did I get away from that? Why not head that mm. face on? And I begged my father, can I just do some events for women? Stop doing these boring retirement seminars that didn't work, didn't help people just Overwhelmed them with information, overstimulated mm -hmm. them. So finally agreed. And I had my first event for women in transition. And it lit me up. It like reignited that fire within me. So we started the events. I started my blog called Not Your Father's Advisor that brought on my first book, Strong Woman, Stronger Assets, my second book, Time to Refine, and my third book, Confessions of a Money Queen. And all throughout writing those books, I would have programs for women, communities, kind of clubs, things that just got women more engaged with their money. And it highlighted a different approach to money where we can learn in a very social environment. We are social beings. I don't know why we stopped learning in a social setting after college, high school, right? It's, it's still very relevant as we get older. And also how to make the information more relatable through storytelling, through case studies, through hearing it from the person next to them who's gone through the divorce themselves and what that was like for them. So eventually it be, grew so much that I just didn't fit into my father's traditional framework anymore or was the broker-dealer's framework. Is that what it was that there was, although you were given a little bit more freedom, you were given that sort of path, there was still you're almost one hand tied behind your back. You knew there was destined for more, but you still had to be within these kind of parameters. Is that kind of what you were feeling? Yes. And a lot was compliance and regulations. They just didn't want to have to oversee everything that I was doing because I was pumping out so much marketing, so much information, these mm. events. It was easier for them to just say, no, don't do it. So it was a lot of the pushback and I would launch something, then they would make me take it down. So you could imagine the frustration of just like banging my head against the wall by the end, just yeah. being in tears, things that they approve, they take away. And I realized how much of the time I spent just in resistance and that resistance is exhausting. It yeah. will just make you hit rock bottom, burnout after burnout. And I see that with a lot of the female advisors who come to us, they're in that resistance too. And I'm like, this is why you're always sick. Yeah. This is why you are so frustrated. It's why you are exhausted, <laughs> why you're fighting with your spouse. Because deep down, you know, you are in resistance. You are not happy. And God, your higher power, whatever you call that, that source is- yeah begging you 
to make a change, to open up doors for you. But when you're so in resistance, that, that moment you don't there, see them. That moment is beautiful. So if we can just sort of dive into that, because you're saying you had so much resistance, which equals burnout, which equals frustration, and you were tired, you were exhausted. Mm-hmm. How the hell were you able to muster up the the energy, the the desire, the ability to then make a change from, from that place? Because we see it time and time again, that place is so hard to especially on your own to, to get yourself out of it because by its very nature you're tired you're alone you're burnt out can you talk me through what, what was it that allowed you to work through that yes so this is and I referred to this earlier in our conversation falling off the cliff so <laughs> what I've learned because when you are in that state you're in survival mode You do not see opportunities. You do not see options. You are so stuck on what's going wrong. And that only attracts more things to go wrong in your life. And what I learned, Mark, is that when we do not close a door that we should not have gone through, God is going to close it for us. So at this time, things were just falling apart in my world. Mm. It's like the new firm that I had, we had joined, they were making me take down my, my blog, my books, all my programs, right? The blood, sweat, and tears that I poured into creating these assets, this community. And I, why is this happening? And thank goodness my coach, I was working, I started working with her at the time. She just starts laughing. She's like, you know what? God's doing this. He's asking you, begging you. He's going to force you to have to find a different way. Yeah. And I had signed up for this email marketing strategy. And the whole point, Mark, was to get qualified leads onto my calendar for new clients. I said, great. I love working with single corporate women, 50s, 60s, nearing retirement. They said, fantastic. And you know who they sent me? They sent me female financial advisors. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with these women? I I can't sell them a financial plan. We do the exact same thing. But for some reason, I know it's intuition now, but for some reason, I got on the phone with these women. Mm. And I heard that they were having the same exact problems I was having. So huge intuition clue. Then one day I got on the phone with a female advisor and she had just left her father's financial firm. Blew my mind, Mark. For the first time ever, I realized I could leave my father's firm and we could still have a relationship, probably a better one, because now I'm able to do what really makes me happy. And then the very next day, I had a call with another female advisor and she goes, you need to change your framework. And I was off and running. I found out how to start my own RIA, registered investment advisory firm, my own independent firm where I'm the compliance, I'm the chief compliance officer, right? I'm making the say, obviously I'm regulated by SEC, the states, but I can build how it's going to work best for me. And when I did that, all of a sudden, all these other female advisors are like, we're coming with you. (laughs) And so another huge intuition clue was don't just build it for you, build it bigger. So- Build something large enough that can handle more advisors joining you. Mm. And that's where the Women's Wealth Boutique was born, a virtual platform for female advisors all across the states to be able to join together. So it was definitely God that got me through that part and kind of giving me these little breadcrumbs on a trail to just follow bit by bit. And then my energy shifted and I wasn't in resistance anymore. I was in creation mode. Yeah. 
So this whole story so far has been all about resistance, misalignment, mm-hmm. not seeing the clues. And I, we see that time and time again, God, source, universe, whatever the higher power you believe in. Oh my gosh, there are clues everywhere. And if you won't do it, they will do it for you. Yes. It will happen. Um, so once you, once you came into your alignment, once you stopped fighting what you were being given, even that one thing about you got on the phone with the wrong people that you thought at that time, but was able to listen, was able to hear what it was that they were screaming for and to listen to that whisper and go, hey, there's something here. It aligns. To follow that is can be tough and it can be hard. I mean, sometimes we're not listening, but it sounds like that's your, that is your story. There is the inspiration. There is story, back, back to storytelling. It's what it's all about, right? Yes, there's so much power behind people's stories. And I always encourage, especially when it comes to money, share the stories. Because yes, we have the statistics, we have the strategies, we have the facts. But when we can feel a real life story coming into play and what they went through, the trials, the errors, and but then seeing the results and the successes, mm. now it helps our, going back to our subconscious. And now there's an emotional tie to that story. You're going to be remembered for that story, but it's also going to start to rewrite that narrative in somebody else's mind that they can do it too, right? That aha moment. That they can yeah. do it too. And it, it shifts those beliefs. It reaffirms different kind of beliefs rather than, oh, here we go. Same thing. Didn't work. And then you kind of say stuck. It's, it's flipping the script. You have to do it yourself because logically people are going to listen to this. Go, oh, it's okay for you because insert story, the excuse, mm-hmm. the justification. We need that experiential understanding it to actually do it. See it for ourselves. Feel it like, oh, yeah. Look at that. It does hold on. And that's where we start to move forward. So how has, how has this journey actually, one, helped you to guide other people? But two, how has it helped you with where you are right now with your business as you continue to, to grow and to evolve? Oh. So we just did a state of the firm meeting with my internal team. And then I recorded a a video for all of our advisors to be able to watch, you know, the things that we've been working, building towards the vision of the firm. And I shared with them, you know, going, building this virtual platform for these female advisors. I'm like, it costs, you know, a six figure investment. I took a pay cut to build this and I'm sharing, you know, how invested I am in not just my growth, but in their growth as well. And the reception of that video from the advisors was, it blew my mind away. I didn't know how it was going to be perceived, mm. but, but they they were so grateful that I was able to share the, the hard times and what I've sacrificed, what I've given up to be able to build this for myself and for them and for all of our clients and for women all over the industry. Right? They're like, you know, we're all scared when we're making this, our own transition to joining your firm it's nice to know that you know exactly how we are feeling, how we felt in the fear. And like, you know, we're all scared to do it. I can't imagine how terrified you were because not only are you building it, you're financing it, you have all the risk and liability on it as well. Like you probably are laughing when we say that we're scared to make the transition after what you went through and add on the family dynamic on top mm-hmm. of it. So I think there's so much 
community that's built when people have similar stories that they've gone through something almost yeah. together or very similar time frames and they know what it's like, especially being the breadwinner in my family. A lot of these women are the breadwinners for their families. They're supporting them. So stepping into the unknown is very scary. And women yeah. tend not to take on a lot of risk with their money. So it's a whole new territory. I feel that, that we're all stepping into but as you know, Mark, that's where the most growth happens for us on a personal level as well. Absolutely. Um, hearing those those stories, if they're if they're different scenarios, it can be inspirational to hear the adversity, the challenges that you don't face personally. To hear those stories and there's a similarity is like, fuck yes, you mean I'm not the only one going through that. It's it's okay. There are it's it's normal. It's not like I am unique or I am the only one going through this woe if it's me. Oh my gosh. It's creating that that connection, which is is super, super important. So yes. and I always validate your feelings. <laughs> like, okay, I'm validated in how I feel because other people have felt this way before. Instead of feeling guilty over it or shamed, it's right. We don't want to feel like we're alone or the only person going through something. We need to have, as you said, that connection, that heart-to-heart. Yeah. Let's talk about that validation because, oh my gosh, validation is a choose. It's a, it's an invitation to choose your adventure. Okay. So validation, you can validate it and be like, yep, see, yep, I get it. That's why. And it, you can then revert back, sit back, or it can be validating like, yes, oh, okay, I see it. I move forward. So there, there is a, there's a fork in the road there. Um, how have you found that with maybe the clients that you work with, with that validation that actually there's a slight negative of, okay, that turns into back into the place that we lovingly call victimville, where we can make excuses and our justification rather than the invitation for, for growth. I've noticed, you know, I feel it's when people are in victim mode and they're not ready to take action yet. And no matter what what setback you're going through, you're going to hit that victim mode at some point. It's just how long are you going to allow yourself to stay there or mm. not? So when somebody's going through a tough divorce and somebody else shares their divorce story, I'm like, oh, I feel um, I I can feel angry. I can feel mad. I can be resentful because they felt that way too, and it almost gives them permission to stay mm. in that victim mode longer, which is against what yes. they're getting. Versus somebody's like they'll not latch onto that part of the story. They'll latch onto the action-driven side or the success, the results after the bad divorce. They'll latch onto that and that's what they want to, to go after. And now they're, they're in action mode. They're going to take action. They're going to do something about it. So I think it's more, are you, are you looking to validate your victim mentality? And, you know, this happened to me. Or do you want to be in problem solving mode? And yes, this happened to me, but I'm getting out of this. I, I'm not comfortable yeah. staying here. I'm not going to give my permission to stay here. And they want, and that's who I love to work with. Mm. You know, I can tell pretty quickly if somebody's, they're just looking to vent and air out their story. And for me to tell them, it's okay that you feel this way. I'm like, they're better off probably with a counselor or therapy to start. Right? I'm not a therapist. I remember one. One couple, they're like, you're kind of like a therapist. I'm like, I'm not a licensed therapist. The work can feel very therapeutic, 
yeah. but I am not a therapist. So this is not a counseling session. <laughs> this is but your laundry here, we're here to help you work through it. Yes, exactly. So if you're here just to sit and talk and vent it out to me, I'm here to listen, but I'm ready, I'm ready to take to work with people who want to take action and they've been to rock bottom. I see this all the time. And sometimes people just haven't hit rock bottom yet when they're in that victim mode still. Yeah. Just haven't. And you have to set very healthy boundaries around yourself and your own energy because they will almost, I feel like it's they're sliming you and that that show you got slime with the Nickelodeon show, right? They dumped that uh, green slime all over you or they spit poison on you. Now you're wearing that negativity. And now it's sucking your energy out as well. And now you bring in that home, you're bringing that into your household. You don't want that either. So really healthy boundaries. Yeah, which is logical. We all know this, but oh my gosh, it can be tough to set up. So where is it, where is it right now that as you as you continue to grow, as you kind of found your footing, where is it that, that is the next phase where Oh crumbs! I need to work on this. Here is maybe because that that Victimville, it's 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 sneaky. We we don't know it until we're in it and we can see which where we are. Where are the challenges that you know that you're facing something new? Whether it's a fear, whether it's a doubt, whether it's some overwhelm. What is that for you right now with where you are? Oh, so for me, it's definitely and this just came to me as you got the question. I tend to be a people pleaser. And you can't please everybody, which I've learned hard time and time again. I am a trial and error learner. So sometimes I have to fail a lot in order to learn and move past it. But running a business, you can't be a people pleaser. You have to hold space for people and know that they are understood and they're listened to and their feelings are validated as well. But being part of a leader and stepping into this leadership role, and I look back two years ago, I had one employee and now we have five and we have nine female advisors on the platform. Mm. So there's been a ton of growth that I've had to do and why I work with a business coach, business consultants as well, because we tend not to see that side of us, but being a leader and allowing my voice to be heard as a leader is a new skill that I am constantly having to work on. What's so tough about that? Because we all go through transitions of identity, going from the solopreneur through to the CEO, bringing on teams, being able to let go, allow others to do different work, better work, not the way we want to do it. So that people please, I think, ties into your clients and also to your employees. Oh, my God, it's, it's like a little nightmare. So as you've obviously done work to work through this and identify this, but because it's so deeply ingrained, it's at a different level, it shows up again. Where is it that you see it continue to show up, even though you're 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 actively doing the work? I think it's a lot of different things that are coming into play now. One from my childhood, having wanting to keep the home, mm. not um, a volatile environment, and wanting to please my parents, make sure my brother, everybody was happy. And then going to Catholic school again, right? You have a very strict disciplinary in place, having to make sure everybody's happy so that I don't get sent to the principal's office. And she was this tiny little nun. She was so cute. But everybody was terrified of her. Yeah. And then you throw on society looking at women who are leaders and a strong 
independent leader can be called a bitch a lot of times. So mm. you throw that on too. Am I being too bitchy right now? <laughs> What's going on here? Am I being too strict and not strict enough? And finding out how is it that I, Jessica Weaver, want to lead the ship, staying true to my own heart while having that professional side. It's, I feel like it's getting to know a different side of me that is that a new side of you? I've been activated before. You know, I've played basketball through college, team captain multiple years and things, but I've always been a very shy, quiet person, very observant. So finding my voice, I would say, is is it. So it's it's a lot of different dynamics that hit at once and learning, you know, why why did I hold my tongue back and not say something in this meeting and something something from childhood you don't even realize about is the reason behind it. And this wanting to be liked by everybody and please everybody, make sure everybody's happy. You can't translation to a business owner, those things do not go well together. They do because there's a desire to help, the need. And that's a double-edged sword, which is, oh my gosh, that can then go into overworking, undercharging, over-delivering, perfectionism. That's the kind of sort of people-pleasing that really comes into play top level from a business owner. So these are the things that that you've been actively sort of trying to squash and get rid of as you've been going through through your journey. Yes, Mark, exactly. Yes, it's for have a profitable business, right? You can't please everybody because that's impossible. You just... And then do you you don't want to catch yourself just throwing money at the problem on top mm. of it, right? It's yeah, stepping into leadership and finding my voice has been a a so huge skill set. What's that next level identity? What's what's the next level for you that you're so so looking forward to to finally fully embracing? Maybe you dabble at it, maybe you're you're trying, but you're still not fully fully there. What what's that version look like? Sure. So my team running more of the meetings and stepping into their own kind of leadership in their zones, divisions of the firm as well, that kind of frees me up to spend time where I want to spend time with my clients, with the advisors, um, speaking engagements, doing things like this as Mm. well. So giving more of the control off to my team and really stepping full-fledged into that leadership of it feels very freeing and exciting to me. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of that people-pleasing solopreneur. That is, it is you know, night and day difference, which is, ooh, the fun and games, the dramas, the challenges, the journey getting there is, again, maybe back to your, your, the first transition you made. It was exciting, but scary at the same time. It's Does it feel similar or is there a different flavor for you right now? Yes, probably very similar to yeah. it. And I feel whenever we're at these transitions, we always feel like an imposter syndrome. And I recently had an epiphany about the imposter syndrome. Well, everyone views it as a bad thing because it is a feeling of not being enough, of failing, never being enough. I've learned that it actually, it's hits you because you're hitting a new level. You're in new territory that you never operated in before. So it's actually a, it's showing you growth in yourself when the imposter syndrome comes up and that's very powerful so now when that that feeling creeps in on you you can say this means i'm hitting a new level in my life my career my money my business and if you have the tools you have the guidance a coach an advisor they're going to help support you through that new territory to create a new manual for your mind your belief systems 
to feel safe in that new area as well yeah. is huge. So now you're not letting that kind of invisible wall, that barrier keep you small. You can push through it. And that posture syndrome is a signal that you are pushing through it. Yeah. So eloquently, it's just all about the reframe because, oh my God, there's one of my, my life theories when I was younger, I these loved coming up with these theories and one of them was was deja vu i promise this is relevant okay so deja vu for me i was like if if i get deja vu that means that something bad happened on this timeline and actually this time something good is going to happen this is what it was meant to be this is how it's supposed to be so i've lived this before and now this is the right way just one of many theories that i used to have as a kid okay, oh, i so- like that you were a kid when you thought of that yeah so there's many others. We'll cover this another time. But that one, I think it's relevant because imposter syndrome, when you get that imposter syndrome, just like deja vu, it's a feeling, okay? Mm-hmm. To hold that, this tire bonus episode, validation. Now you get to choose what validation you have. Oh yeah, you, maybe I can't do it. Maybe I'm not the right person. Or maybe it's like, hold on, let's just talk to the elephant in the room. Yeah, you haven't done this before. This is new to you. You might fail. It's okay. So now with that knowledge, cool, how do you want to move forward? Because, but what if, what if it doesn't work? Yeah, what if it doesn't? But maybe I'm not good enough for this. Well, of course you're not. You haven't fucking done it yet. Cool. So how do we work <laughs> forward? If we can reframe this in that kind of way, find the right tools, tactics for you to reframe, it changes everything, right? Yes. Yes, 1,000%. Yeah. There we are. Beautifully wrapped up. I love that. Hey, Jessica, thank you so much for, for being oh, thank you, Mark. For, for sharing your thoughts and, and your experience as you've been able to grow these businesses and crumbs, have fun along the way and, and, and change the world. That's oh, the goal, right? So yes, it is. Change yes. that 18%. Change the 18%. And then the next level is getting financial resources, literacy out to women in other countries, especially underdeveloped and developing countries. That is our the next leg of our adventure here at the Women's Walk yeah. Physique. Love that. Well, awesome. Look, if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Sure. You can go to jessicaweaver.com. That's where my books are. You can grab the free audio version of Confessions of a Money Queen in there. There's money meditations, all sorts of goodies like that. If you need a wealth advisor, you can go to womenswealthboutique.com. We're also on Instagram at pinkfixmymoney and at womenswealthboutique as well. Awesome. Everyone go and check that out. And Jessica, thanks again for playing along and having fun. It's been, it's been really cool. Yes. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me on here. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. See you next time. Bye.